بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Continuing on with the biography and the life of the great companion of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anh, we will continue insha'Allah where we left off last week. And just to recap what we talked about last week, last week we spoke about the family of Umar ibn al-Khattab, we spoke about his tribe, we spoke about his life before he accepted Islam. And we also spoke about the story of his conversion to Islam and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthened Islam through the conversion of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu After the conversion of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu to Islam, the Muslims were able to do things openly that they were not able to do before. Walhamdulillah. And this is from the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to the ummah through Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu we also spoke about the hijrah of Umar ibn al-Khattab to al-Madinah. And we spoke about the fact that the other companions of the Prophet wasallam, in order to escape from the oppression and the persecution of the Quraysh, when they wanted to make hijrah to Medina, everyone did it quietly and secretly out of the eyes of the Quraysh. And the only person who publicly made his hijrah and openly announced his hijrah to the Quraysh before going to Medina was Umar ibn al-Khattab and we mentioned what he said as he was about to leave Mecca he actually addressed the gatherings of the Quraysh that were around the Kaaba and he said to them whoever wants their mother to lose a son and whoever wants their children to become orphans and whoever wants their wives to become widows then just follow me Follow me and you will see what happens to you. So he made this threat to the people. If anyone dares to try to stop me from making this hijrah to Medina, then go ahead, come and follow me and your, your children will become orphans and your wives will become widows. So of course nobody dared to take him up on this and he was able to make his hijrah to Medina without any type of interference from the Quraysh. Alright, after the hijrah to Medina, the Prophet ﷺ established his state over there in Medina. And the first major battle that occurred between the Muslims in Medina and the Kuffar of the Quraysh, the first major battle was of course the battle of Badr, which took place in the second year of the hijrah. And on that day, Umar ibn al-Khattab he showed his firmness against the enemies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the believers. Muhammadur Rasulullah walladhina ma'ahu ashidda'u ala al-kuffari ruhama'u baynahum. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And those who are with him, meaning the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describe them? They are ashidda'u ala al-kuffar. They are very severe against the disbelievers. And amongst themselves, amongst the believers, they are merciful. And Umar ibn al-Khattab was a beautiful example of this. 
and he proved his harshness and his firmness and his severity against the disbelievers on the day of Badr. And if you remember from the lessons that we gave on the seerah, we spoke about the battle of Badr in detail. It was a huge victory for the Muslims and it was a humiliating defeat for the kuffar of the Quraysh, something that they didn't expect at all. So they were, they were absolutely embarrassed and humiliated on the day of Badr. It was a very, very embarrassing day for the kuffar of the Quraysh. On that day, 70 of the heads of the Quraysh, they were killed on the battlefield at Badr. And another 70 were taken as prisoners, as captives. From the captives of the kuffar of the Quraysh on that day was a very important person of the Quraysh who was named Suhail ibn Amr. And Suhail ibn Amr, Alhamdulillah, he did become a Muslim afterwards, after the Fath of Mecca, he became a Muslim. But at this point, on the day of Badr, he was on the side of the Kuffar of the Quraysh and he was taken as a captive by the Muslims. Now Suhail ibn Amr, he was known as the Khatib of the Quraysh. He was someone who was very eloquent in his speech. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him very eloquent speech. The ability to speak and to convince people with his speech, to affect people with his speech. Suhail ibn Amr was given this gift but up to that point, he was using this gift in the wrong way. He was using it to turn people away from the call of the Prophet So Suhail was very eloquent in speech, but he used his eloquence to speak against Islam and to speak against the Prophet So when he was captured on the day of Badr, Umar ibn al-Khattab what do you think he wanted to do with him? He asked the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Rasulullah, Da'ni adrib unuqah. Ya Rasulullah, give me permission to cut the neck of this man. Give me permission to execute Suhail ibn Amr. Because he is a person who has caused so much problems for us. Because he speaks with his eloquent tongue. He speaks against Islam and he speaks against you, Ya Rasulullah. So let me kill him. The Prophet ﷺ did not give Umar ibn al-Khattab permission to kill Suhail ibn Amr. Then Umar he said, he said, okay, if you don't want me to kill him, at least let me break his teeth. Let me knock out his teeth so that he will not be able to speak in the way that he speaks anymore. He will not be able to speak against you, Ya Rasulullah. If I break his teeth, how is he going to speak? He will lose his position as the khatib of the Quraysh. So let me break his teeth and that will at least save us and save the Muslims from the harm of this man's tongue. And the Prophet ﷺ did not give Umar ibn al-Khattab permission to do this either. And he said, He said, perhaps one day he will take a position, Suhail ibn Amr will take a position that you will not criticize him for. Perhaps one day he will take a position that you will actually praise him for. So just leave it. And that day did come. After the passing away of the Prophet ﷺ, when different tribes all around, of the Arab, uh, all around the Arabian Peninsula were leaving Islam due to their confusion after the death of the Prophet ﷺ, only a few cities stayed firm upon Islam. And Mecca was one of those cities. 
And the reason why Mecca, the people of Mecca stayed firm upon Islam was because of the speech of Suhail ibn Amr. Suhail ibn Amr, he spoke on that day when the people in different tribes around the Arabian Peninsula were leaving Islam. Suhail ibn Amr with his beautiful speech, he convinced the people of Mecca to stay upon Islam. Even though the people of Mecca, the Quraysh, they were late to enter Islam, comparatively speaking. They entered Islam after the Fath of Mecca. Towards the end of the life of the Prophet ﷺ. So they were pretty new in Islam. And other tribes around the Arabian Peninsula, they were leaving Islam. So it wouldn't be far-fetched to think that the Quraysh would follow suit in that as well. But they didn't. The Quraysh remained firm. Mecca remained firm. They stayed upon Islam. And that was through the efforts of Suhail ibn Amr. With his beautiful speech, with his eloquent tongue, he was able to convince the people to stay upon Islam. Alhamdulillah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is muqallib al-qulub. He is the one who changes the hearts of the people. So Suhail ibn Amr, at one point he was an enemy of Islam. And later on, Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept the people of Mecca upon Islam through the efforts of Suhail ibn Amr radiallahu anhu. But the position of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, it just shows his love for Islam and his hatred for anyone who tries to cause harm to Islam. So he saw the harm that Suhail was causing to Islam at that point. So he wanted to kill him. And if he couldn't kill him, at least he wanted to knock out his teeth so that Suhail would not be able to continue in his, in his speech against Islam. It just shows the, the firmness of Umar ibn al-Khattab so he was very firm. He was, he was known to be very firm and actually very harsh and severe against the disbelievers. Also regarding Umar ibn al-Khattab it was narrated that whenever he would see or he would cross paths with the companion Sa'id ibn al-As Sa'id ibn al-As was a great companion of the Prophet But whenever Sa'id and Umar would cross paths. Umar would notice that Sa'id's face would change. Like there is something that he's holding in his heart against Umar ibn al-Khattab And Umar noticed that in his face. That whenever he would see Sa'id, Sa'id's face would change. And you can, you can notice this sometimes. When someone, even if he doesn't say it, if someone has some type of an issue with you or some type of a problem with you, you can sometimes see it in their facial expressions. So Umar... And he would see in Sa'id bin al-As, whenever he would, he would come across him, he would see his face change. And he knew that he's holding something in his heart. And Umar knew what the reason was as well. He knew why Sa'id had some type of an issue with him. So one day, Umar, he went to Sa'id ibn al-As and he said to him, he put it all out in the open. He said to him, Inni araka. He says, I see in you that, that you have something inside you. You have something that you're holding up against me. You have some type of issue with me. I can see it in you. And then Umar mentioned to him that, and I know what that issue is as well. I know exactly what that issue is. He said, anni qataltu abaka fi badr. I know that you think you think that I killed your father on the day of Badr. The father of Sa'id ibn al-As was a man named al-As ibn Sa'id. 
Al-As ibn Sa'id was from the kuffar of the Quraysh and he was killed on the day of Badr. And his son Sa'id ibn Al-As was a Muslim and he thought that it was Umar who killed his father. So even though his father was a disbeliever and he was fighting on the side of the disbelievers, the fact that this was his father and he thought that Umar was the one who killed his father, it, it caused some type of, of feelings in his heart that Umar could see in his face. So he said, I, I see that you think that I killed your father on the day of Badr. And then Umar he continued. He said, إِنِّي لَوْ قَتَلْتُهُ لَمْ أَعْتَذِرْ إِلَيْكَ مِنْ قَتْلِهِ He said, even if I did kill him, I didn't kill your father, but even if I did kill him, then I would not apologize to you for killing him. I would not apologize to you for killing him because he deserved to be killed. He was fighting on the side of the kuffar against the Muslims, against Rasulullah so he deserved to be killed. I didn't kill him, but even if I did kill him, I would not apologize to you for that. Why should I apologize to you for that? Even if I did kill him, I would not apologize to you for killing him. But I didn't kill him. He said, on that day, on the day of Badr, I didn't kill your father, but I killed my own uncle. I killed my own uncle. Al-As ibn Hisham. And this man's name, Sa'id ibn Al-As, his father's name was Al-As ibn Sa'id. So Umar said, I didn't kill Al-As ibn Sa'id, I killed Al-As ibn Hisham. And Al-As ibn Hisham is my own uncle. Al-As ibn Hisham was the brother of Abu Jahl and the uncle of Umar, the maternal uncle of Umar ibn Al-Khattab. And Umar killed his own uncle on the day of Badr. And he said that proudly. I killed my own uncle on the day of Badr because he was fighting against the Muslims. He was fighting against Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So he deserved to die and I killed him. So it just shows the firmness of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu against the kuffar. Even if it is from his close relatives, even his own uncle, he had no hesitation in killing his own uncle. Islam and Allah and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, these are above everything else. It is above blood relations, it is above your family, it is above everything. And Umar was, was someone who understood this. He had no mercy for anyone who stood against the Messenger of Allah. You take a position against the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and Umar ibn Khattab would not have even a shred of mercy for you because you don't deserve to have any mercy. So this was the attitude and this was this was the way of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu Alright, now going back to Badr and the aftermath of Badr. The Muslims had captured 70 captives, 70 prisoners of war. Now this is a new situation here. Prisoners of war. What do you do with prisoners of war? So 70 prisoners of war and the Prophet sallallahu was not sure what to do with these prisoners. Should we kill them all? Should we let them go? Should we take ransom for them? What should we do? So it was the way of the Prophet ﷺ when he had to make a big decision like this. He would consult his most trustworthy companions. And of course his two most trusted companions were Abu Bakr and Umar. So whenever the Prophet ﷺ needed to consult his companions, these two would always be in the forefront of these 
consultations. So of course, the Prophet ﷺ asked them both for their ideas. What do you think we should do in this situation? So first he asked Abu Bakr, what do you think we should do, Ya Abu Bakr? And Abu Bakr radiallahu he said, Ya Rasulullah, my idea, what I think we should do is we should demand ransom for these prisoners. The Quraysh, they have money and they will pay to get their people back. So we can release them and we can have this money from them and this money will be good for us. It will be good for Medina. We can establish the economy of Medina with this money. It will be something that is beneficial for us. And also by letting these people go, you know, they are our family, the Quraysh. They are our uncles and our brothers and our family. We let them go, we take money for them, and perhaps one day, maybe in the future, Allah will guide them to Islam. So this is my idea, Ya Rasulullah. This was the opinion of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq So the Prophet ﷺ listened to this, and then he asked Umar, what do you think, Ya Ibn al-Khattab, O son of al-Khattab, what do you think? What is your opinion regarding this? And Umar radiallahu anhu, he didn't hold back. He said, Wallahi, la ara ma ra'a Abu Bakr. He said, Ya Rasulullah, Wallahi, I don't agree with Abu Bakr. I do not agree with Abu Bakr. Walakin, ara an tumakkinani min fulan. Fa'adriba unuqah. My opinion, Ya Rasulullah, let me kill Fulan, such and such person, who is from my relatives. Let me kill this person who is my relative. And go and order Ali to kill his brother Aqil. Aqil ibn Abi Talib, the brother of Ali ibn Abi Talib. He was one of the captives that was captured from the side of the Kufar on that day. So Umar said, let Ali kill Aqil because they are brothers. So let the brother kill the brother and let me kill my relative. And let Hamza kill such and such person who is his relative. Find the relations that we have with these people and let each relative kill his own relative. This is what I think we should do, Ya Rasulullah. And what was the reason for this? He said, Ya Rasulullah, let us do this. Let us make them an example. And we will show the Quraysh by doing this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will know and He will see that we have no mercy, we have no lenience for the mushrikeen. We have no lenience for them at all. And these people who we have captured, they are the people of high status of the Quraysh. They are the leaders of the Quraysh. So if we kill them, that will be a great example that nobody can mess with the Muslims. So you see here, Abu Bakr and Umar had completely different ideas. Completely different ideas with how to deal with this situation. So the Prophet ﷺ, he heard both of these ideas and he knew that both of them were doing what they thought was the best thing to do. Both of them thought that what they were doing was the most pleasing thing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even though their ideas were completely different. So the Prophet ﷺ, after hearing both of these completely different ideas from his two closest companions, the Prophet ﷺ said, Inna Allaha 
لَيُلِينُ قُلُوبَ رِجَالٍ فِيهِ حَتَّى تَكُونَ أَلْيَنَ مِنَ اللَّبَنِ وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَيَشُدُّ قُلُوبَ رِجَالٍ فِيهِ حَتَّى تَكُونَ أَشَدَّ مِنَ الْحِجَارَةِ He said, surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He makes some people's hearts soft for him in his way, in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala softens some people's hearts in his way until their hearts are softer than milk. Softer and smoother than milk. In the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes some people's hearts very severe in the way of Allah. Severe in the way of Allah until their hearts are harder and more firm than, than stone. So the first example is for Abu Bakr and the second example is for Umar radiallahu And both are doing it in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam likened their examples to the examples of some prophets. He said to Abu Bakr, your example ya Abu Bakr is like the example of Ibrahim alayhi salam. When Ibrahim alayhi salam said, فَمَنْ تَبِعَنِي فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي وَمَنْ عَصَانِي فَإِنَّكَ غَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Ibrahim alayhi salam when he was making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, Ya Allah, whoever follows me from amongst these people, whoever follows me and my way, then he is from me. But whoever disobeys me, Ya Allah, then surely you are the most forgiving and the most merciful. This was the way of Ibrahim alayhi salam. And he continued and he said, and your example, Ya Abu Bakr, is also like the example of Isa alayhi salam. When Isa alayhi salam said, In tu'adzibhum, فَإِنَّهُمْ عِبَادُكَ وَإِن تَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ فَإِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ Ya Allah, if you punish them, if you punish them, then surely they are your servants. And if you forgive them, then surely you are the Almighty and the All-Wise. And then he said to Umar radiallahu anhu, and your example, Ya Umar, is like the example of Nuh alayhi salam. When Nuh, Alayhi salam said, Rabbi la tether ala al-ardi min al-kafirina dayyara. Oh, my Lord, do not leave even one single disbeliever on this earth. Destroy all of them, Ya Allah. And your example is also like the example of Musa alayhi salam. Rabbana tumis ala amwalihim washdud ala kulubihim fala yu'minu hatta yarawul athab al-alim. When Musa alayhi salam prayed for the destruction of Fir'aun and, and his army. So you see here, two different ideas, but both of them doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa after listening to both of these advisors, Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhumah, he leaned towards the advice of Abu Bakr radiallahu Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was very soft-hearted as well. So he leaned towards the advice of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and he decided we will take ransom for these prisoners and we will set them free. We'll take ransom and we will set them free. So Umar radiallahu anhu accepted, okay, this is the decision of Rasulullah, I cannot say anything. But then the next morning, Umar radiallahu anhu, he saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Abu Bakr together and both of them were crying. And Umar radiallahu anhu, he approached them. He approached the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Abu Bakr. And he said, why are you crying? Why are you crying? Tell me. Tell me why you are crying. And if I find that there is a reason to cry, I will also cry. And if I don't find any reason to cry, I will still cry due to your crying. So just tell me what happened. 
And the Prophet said to Umar that the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came closer than that tree. It was almost going to come on us. There was a tree in the area and the Prophet said that the punishment of Allah was closer to us than that tree. And he explained the reasoning for this. That the correct decision to make regarding the prisoners of Badr, it would have been to kill all of them, to slaughter all of them, to make an example. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed some verses of the Quran revealing this. Some verses of the Quran that talked about this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا كَانَ لِنَبِيٍ أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُ أَسْرَى حَتَّى يُثْخِنَ فِي الْأَرْضِ That it is not appropriate for a prophet to have prisoners of war until he has made a great slaughter on the earth. This was the first major battle. This was the time to make an example. It was not a time to set these people free. It was a time to make an example of them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He revealed this verse. It is not appropriate for a prophet to have prisoners of war until he has made a great slaughter of these disbelievers on earth. And the reason for that is to, to show the strength of the Muslims and to make an example for the kuffar that don't you dare try to do this again. You want something from this dunya, the ransom, the money that's going to come for these prisoners. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He wants the akhirah for you. Wallahu azizun hakim. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Almighty and the All Wise. That if it were not for the previous decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then a great punishment would have come to you. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he forgave it. So this is why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was crying. So the reasoning of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu an in this situation was actually the correct reasoning. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down revelation that actually confirmed this. So Umar radiallahu an, he was, he was a person whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed with a great ability to reason and how to deal with situations radiallahu anhu wa ardah. So that was the battle of Badr and that was the firmness of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu an and the harshness of Umar ibn al-Khattab against the disbelievers on the day of Badr. Now the next year, after Badr, the next year was another major battle and that was the battle of Uhud. And we spoke about that in detail in the seerah as well. And you all know that at the end of the battle of Uhud, the Muslims, they suffered greatly. The tides turned against them and the Muslims suffered greatly and they suffered a lot of losses and the Prophet Sallallahu himself was badly injured on that day Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So towards the end of the battle, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Abu Bakr and Umar and another of umber, another, a number of other companions, they actually took refuge on the mountain of Uhud and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam himself, he was so badly injured that he couldn't actually climb on the mountain himself. So Talha ibn Ubaidillah radiallahu an carried the Prophet sallallahu on his back. He said, come on my back ya Rasulullah, I will take you on the mountain. And Talha radiallahu an climbed the mountain of Uhud with the Prophet sallallahu on his back, supporting him. So a number of the companions, they retreated back to the mountain of Uhud. 
and the Prophet ﷺ was there and also Abu Bakr and Umar and some other companions. Now the Kuffar, the disbelievers of the Quraysh, they thought that the Prophet ﷺ had been killed because the enemy of Allah, Abdullah ibn Qami'ah, Qabbahahullah, this is the man who injured the Prophet ﷺ. This is the man who, who caused the Prophet ﷺ to bleed. And he actually started a rumor Abdullah ibn Qami'ah started this rumor that I killed Muhammad. I killed Muhammad. So the kuffar of the Quraysh, they thought that this was true. They thought that Muhammad وسلم, had died in the battle of Uhud. But actually he didn't. Alhamdulillah. And he, he went to the mountain of Uhud along with a few of his close companions. When Abu Sufyan came towards the mountain, he shouted out and he asked, he asked, Afikum Muhammad? Afikum Muhammad? Is Muhammad with you? Is Muhammad there? He wanted to confirm. Is the Prophet ﷺ really dead as Abdullah ibn Qamiya is claiming or not? So he said, Afikum Muhammad? And the Prophet ﷺ heard this, but he told his companions, La tujibu. Don't answer him. Don't answer him. So they didn't answer. And then Abu Sufyan asked a second time, Afikum Muhammad? And nobody answered. Afikum Muhammad, the third time, nobody answered. So now Abu Sufyan thinks, okay, he's probably dead. And then he asks, Afikum ibn Abi Quhafa, is the son of Abu Quhafa with you? That's Abu Bakr. The son of Abu Quhafa is Abu Bakr. Afikum ibn Abi Quhafa, nobody answers. He asks three times, nobody answers. The third question, Afikum ibn al-Khattab, is the son of Khattab with you? Is the son of Khattab up there? Nobody answers. He asks three times, nobody answers. So now Abu Sufyan, he thinks, what does he think? He thinks that the Prophet ﷺ has died. He thinks Abu Bakr has died. And he thinks Umar has died. And now Abu Sufyan is very happy. And he says to his people, Amma ha'ula, he said, as for these three, Muhammad and Abu Bakr and Umar, we are rid of them. We have gotten rid of them. So he was very happy and he thinks that this is a great victory. That not only has the Prophet been killed, but also Abu Bakr and Umar, his two closest companions. So he thinks that this is a great victory. So he says to his people, We have gotten rid of these people. He says it in a celebratory way. So at this point, Umar radiallahu an, he could not hold himself any longer. Up to this point, he had remained silent because the Prophet ﷺ told him, La tujibu, don't answer. But now, when he sees Abu Sufyan celebrating, thinking that he has killed these three, Umar radiallahu an, he couldn't hold it back anymore. And he shouts, he says, Kazabta ya aduwallah, ha huwa tha Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa Abu Bakr, wa inna ahya, wa laka minna yawmusu. He said, you have lied, oh, enemy of Allah. Rasulullah is here and Abu Bakr is here and we are alive. And you will see from us a very bad day. So Abu Sufyan, now he hears this and he says, He says, this day is our revenge for the day of Badr. Today is our day like Badr was your day. And then Abu Sufyan, he said, 
U'lu Hubal. Hubal was one of their idols that they used to worship. So he said, U'lu Hubal. Hubal has become high. He has been victorious. This idol of theirs. A'udhu Billah. This is what Abu Sufyan said. And then the Prophet said to his companions, he said, Ajibuhu. Now answer him. He's trying to put his idol high and saying his idol is high. Answer him. So they asked Rasulullah what should we say to him? How should we answer? And the Prophet told them, Kulu Allahu A'la wa Ajal. Allah is the most high and the most magnificent. Hubal is nothing. Allah is the most high and Allah is the most magnificent. Then Abu Sufyan, he said, Another one of their idols was Uzza. So Abu Sufyan says, we have Uzza and you do not have any Uzza. And the Prophet ﷺ, again, he said to his companions, Ajibuhu, answer him. And they said, how should we answer him, Ya Rasulullah? And the Prophet ﷺ said, answer him by saying, that Allah is our guardian and our protector and you have no protector. So they answered Abu Sufyan. And then Abu Sufyan asked Umar to come down. Come down, I want to talk to you face to face, one on one. So the Prophet ﷺ gave Umar permission, go and see what he wants. So Umar he comes down and Abu Sufyan asks him, I ask you by Allah, tell me the truth, Ya Umar. Did we kill Muhammad? Did we kill Muhammad? And Umar radiallahu anhu, he says, Allahumma la. He says, no, you did not kill him. You did not, you did not kill him. And then Abu Sufyan, he said, Anta asdaqu indi min ibn qami'ah wa abar. He says, you are more truthful and I believe you more than I believe Ibn Qami'ah. Ibn Qami'ah was that accursed person who injured the Prophet ﷺ and claimed that he killed the Prophet ﷺ. So Abu Sufyan, even though Abu Sufyan was a disbeliever at this point, instead of believing his own person, he said to Umar, he said, if you're saying we didn't kill him, then I believe you over Ibn Qami'ah. You are more trustworthy than Ibn Qami'ah. So it shows here, that Umar ibn al-Khattab he was known for his uprightness and his trustworthiness and his honesty even by the enemy. Even the enemy had to recognize that if you're saying it, even if my own, my own friend and my own ally is saying something different and you're saying something different, I know that you're telling the truth and he is lying. So this was the level of respect that he had even from his enemies. So these were some of the, the firm stances that Umar ibn al-Khattab took in these, these situations, the battle of Badr and the battle of Uhud. And it just shows his firmness upon the Haqq and how he deserves the title that the Prophet ﷺ gave him, Al-Faruq, the one who differentiates between the truth and between falsehood. Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu wa Next week, inshallah, we will speak some more of the virtues of Umar. And the Prophet sallallahu praise of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. We'll do that next week bi idhnillah. Jazakumullahu khayra. Wallahu a'lam. Wa sallallahu wa sallam. Wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.